Welcome to the Cardiology Podcast, where we monitor the heartbeat of Browns fans. I'm your host, Mark Judy. In today's episode, we are going to celebrate another great win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to talk about and break down the news and the highlights of now the third week of the NFL season. And we're going to start to set the table for this week's matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. Before we get rolling too far, our guest host who's joined us this week, is once again, Mr. Sean Donovan. Hi, Sean. How are you? Mark, how you doing? Happy to be here, but I'm a little superstitious. You know, you had Chris on before the Carolina game, they won. You had me on before the Jets game, they lost. You had Chris on before the Steelers game, they won. Now I'm here. I'm a little worried. Like most Browns fans, I'm very superstitious. I wear well, the same we'll have shirt. to see if, if if we follow that pattern, then maybe we'll try to find a way to to mix up the order a little bit to, to work that <laughs> out. But well, we want to make sure that we talk about this great win against Pittsburgh. But before we get into that, I think we really need to hit on the biggest Browns news that's been happening this week, and this is the really extremely close call of Miles Garrett's car accident. Um, so for those who may not have been following, Miles Garrett after practice um, actually was in a car. He had a female passenger in his car um, and he managed to get in a single car um, vehicle accident where he overturned his Porsche quite a few times, completely totaled it. Um, now the good news is that he and his passenger appear to not have any life-threatening injuries. Um, they seem to be okay. Um, Miles, uh, there was some dashboard um, cam footage that was released that showed that he had some, uh, some bleeding from his arm and his wrist that looked a little intense. Um, but uh, the latest report from his agent um, and from the Cleveland Browns is that he has suffered a shoulder sprain, a bicep strain, and some minor lacerations. Um, so good news. Glad to hear that he is well. Exactly. Um, obviously, you know, as we talk about the games that not having Miles Garrett or having Miles Garrett changes the perspective on the defense quite a bit. Um, but we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get into the different matchups. But let's make sure that we give um, the team their due. A wonderful win against the rival Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Cleveland 29, um, Pittsburgh 17. Um, to me, Sean, this seemed like another team win. Uh, you know, we got to see an offense that was continuing to be a positive, and it had co contributions from Brissett, from Chubb, from Cooper, and from Njoku. Um, yeah. So I liked seeing that. But there was also a lot that we could build upon. What are some of the things that you saw in the game or you were keeping track of? You know, like you said, the offense, you know, is just keeps getting better. They're Brissett, <clears throat> you know, we talked about it before the Jets game. These guys hadn't practiced together, hadn't played together that much because they were being held out of the preseason games. So now that they've got a couple games under their belt, everything's looking a lot more fluid. Plus, Jack Conklin's back and you got to have Jack Conklin on that line and the Browns fans love him and the team loves him. Nick Chubb, I know loves him because Nick Chubb got another 113 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, he leads the league right now in rushing yards with 341. So 
he is on his way. So I am just very happy that that line is getting a little more solid. No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I think, I think our backups did some great work in those first two games, but there's just a difference in the explosion off the line. Um, having uh, Jack Conklin on that right side, um, just the different running plays, the different blocking patterns, keeping up the zone blocks. Um, I think just that experience um, really was something that um, the team was missing, um, but really helped keep um, Nick Chubb rolling in that process. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that I actually saw kind of building off that offense idea is the ball control mm-hmm. that we continue to talk about. And I believe you and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago on our episode where we were really looking for the Browns to continue to play the run game, to continue to work through it. Um, you mentioned the idea that, that Chubb has now moved into being the leading rusher um, and ha- was able to get um, another 100-yard game. Um, he's got four rushing touchdowns on the year. He's been, he's been the biggest piece of the puzzle. And yeah. so continuing to have that offense, continuing to have that control, we had the ball for just over 36 minutes um, in the Pittsburgh game. Um, and yeah. And, and I think it really, you know, it's, it went back to the efforts of those four players that I talked about. You had Brissett really continuing to protect the ball and mm-hmm. move the team. Um, Chubb huge, but also to the, the emergence of Cooper. Oh yeah. Um, he put in his second hundred yard game that makes two, 100-yard games back-to-back when he's the first receiver to do that since we had Josh Gordon here. Wow. <laughs> um, and then and then to see David Njoku um, really arrive. Yeah. A very, very strong game where he caught nine balls, 89 yards, and a touchdown, and he was targeted only 10 times. Mm-hmm. So a really good ratio. Would love to keep seeing that go through. Um, yeah. What else did you see as you were watching the game? Well, you know, it's it's funny. <clears throat> we sit here and we talk about, uh, before the season, we were talking about how good the defense is going to be. You'd think we'd be talking about that more, but we are loving this offense, this Cleveland Browns offense. And Jacoby Brissett, he is doing exactly what the Browns brought him in to do. You know, put us in a position to win games. Uh, he was asked after the Pittsburgh game during the press conference about his mindset with how well he and the offense had been playing. And he says, I am here to play good football, play for my teammates and enjoy this moment. So he knows what he's there to do. Right. And so everyone out there who's trying to drum up some quarterback controversy with your poison pens or your toxic typing, just stop it. Deshaun Watson is the starting quarterback and Jacoby Brissett is a placeholder. He is an amazing placeholder, but nonetheless, the team knows it. He knows it. Dogs know it. Just let it go. I think I I agree. I mean, he did his job to an amazing extent, and that's why I'm giving him my game ball this week. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I I couldn't agree more. I I really think Jacoby, as he comes through and he talks in the press conferences, it's awful hard not to root for him. Um, He's obviously living in the moment. Yeah. and, and I do think, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk. And I think a lot of the talk is really just based off the fact that we haven't really seen Watson. And of course he carries his baggage and it's really easy to um, continue to 
um, have a poor opinion of him. Um, but the reality is we haven't seen him. Um, and Brissett is showing us that he really was the right choice and that Andrew Barry was making the right moves all along mm -hmm. to make sure that he had a quarterback room that was solid for these few games. Now, these first three games, I, I think we can say these were not necessarily the toughest matchups, but momentum matters. Yes. And so being able to see him work with the team, get that ball distributed, keep it protected and to motivate the team. I mean, yeah. he, he had a couple of big uh, first down sneaks that he ran through, got fired up, enjoyed mm -hmm. the moment. I think he said in one press conference, I've, I've always wanted to do that and never right. had the chance. And so as soon as I had the chance, I had to celebrate it. Um, but he just seems like a good guy who is giving the locker room what it needs right now. Yep. Um, so that's great. So that, so he was your game ball. That's, that's awesome. Absolutely. Um, for me, the other thing that I saw was I saw some improvement in the defense, which is good. Couldn't, couldn't get much worse from some of the things that we were seeing. Um, but obviously a unit that still needs to grow. Um, you know, uh, but if we set aside kind of that fluke touchdown there at the end of the game, um, we get surrendered 21st downs to the, that Pittsburgh offense. Now they didn't capitalize on it like some other teams will. Right. Um, but that's a lot to be giving up for a for a defense. that's supposed to be a shutdown defense. Um, and we only got one sack. So we only got uh, just a tiny bit of pressure on what was essentially supposed to be a weakness of that Pittsburgh offense, that line. Mm -hmm. So what we, I think we saw is we saw a very focused attack on miles Garrett keeping him from getting in the backfield. And we saw that our depth behind Jadavian Clowney is kind of what we thought it was, which is not very experienced and not really getting in and getting that pressure. So I think one of the big things that I took away from that is that we've got to continue to develop these young defensive ends. Got to get them moving, got to get healthy. Um, you know, unfortunately now we're walking into a game where we might end up, maybe we get Clowney back, but we don't have Garrett on the other side. Right. So, you know, that's going to be a challenge. So as long as we're trying to figure that out, we're going to need the rest of the defense to keep stepping up. And so, um, that's what I really wanted to see. Um, and, and I continue to harp on, I guess. Um, now for me, for my game ball, I'm going to go with, uh, the newbie on the team, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the receivers. I, oh, yeah. I love what they do to the game. Um, but I really love the way that Cooper is running routes, getting himself open and seems to be available in the key clutch moments. Oh yeah. Moving, just moving the first down sticks, getting those yards. He's, he's gotten a couple touchdowns, which is fantastic but just his ability to help keep drives going mm -hmm. back up. What we're seeing from Jacoby um, is just big. So um, he turned in, you know, he had 101 yards and a touchdown off of seven catches. Um, you know, he was targeted, I think about 11 times. Um, so that's a pretty good ratio for our number one receiver out there. And I think yeah. we're seeing kind the kind of receiving skills and the kind of route running that we're used to seeing with someone like Jarvis Landry last year, but in the different position, right. um, playing out of that number one spot, 
creating some um, different matchup issues with, with the defenses. So um, I am going to give my game ball to Mr. Amari Cooper. Moving on from just what we saw in that game, because we, you know, we can only be happy so long. It is the <laughs> NFL. Um, so the weeks keep coming. And especially in such a competitive NFL that we're seeing here at the beginning of the season, um, we got to be ready for the next one. Um, but there have been some top headlines that have happened across the NFL um, that we probably should touch base on. One of them being just that we only have two undefeated teams left. Right. Um, we've got Miami um, and also Philadelphia. We won't talk about the fact that the Browns should be one of those three. <laughs> um, but then we also have only one team without a win. Um, and that is Las Vegas at 0-3, unless you want to count the Houston, Houston Texans, right, who are 0-2-1 with a tie in there. Um, but so a, a lot of parity right now in yeah. every single division, a lot of two and ones and one and twos. So the reality is no mistakes that we've had so far are season killers. Mm -hmm. And you can't take for granted anything that we've, we've accomplished yet. We got to build upon it. Um, I also saw, you know, it was another week of upsets. Oh yeah. Totally. So, so um, the return of Tua to come off, come off the bench from, from injury and lead Miami past Buffalo. I thought that was a big one. I, I got to be honest. I did not see Buffalo getting stymied quite that way um, in Miami. So a lot to be seen there. And they're riding the wave of their new head coach and mm -hmm. some of his new philosophies. So we'll see if that keeps going. Um, the other big one was Indianapolis coming back on Kansas City. I think in the first half, I was thinking, wow, you know, what is what has happened to Matt Ryan? What right. this was supposed to be the team. This was supposed to be their year. Um, and then he pulled them along. He became them, got them in there. Yeah. And and he's trying to create, I mean, he's trying to do for them what we are asking Jacoby to do up here. He's trying mm -hmm. to set the table for Jonathan Taylor. So we'll see if that continues on for them. Um, it was interesting to see KC not do as well. And also, too, to see some fireworks yeah. um, between Mahomes Patrick and, Mahomes uh, and his coach. Yeah, and uh, Eric Benemy getting into it online, but uh, on, I mean, on the sidelines. But that's not the only one. Um, uh, Jets, during the Jets and the Bengals game, one of the uh, defensive linemen was getting into it with the defensive coordinator or the line coach. Um, and I just thought that was unbelievable that you can get that rattled at, at a professional level to, you know, just start bickering with your coach. Yeah. And I think uh, it's, it's an interesting thing because we're seeing a lot of um, younger players and mm -hmm. underclassmen and some other things. Now that doesn't speak for what was going on with Mahomes, Right. Um, but we had our own, you know, they they still haven't clarified why we sat Perion Winfrey right. um, in the second week. Um, but all indications seem to be that he was having trouble um, taking direction um, and was getting into it with his coaches too. So yeah, it, it's an interesting um, dynamic. Um, obviously, a lot of guys have you know very strong um, strong feelings while they're playing. We want them to be um, passionate, passionate, getting in there. But um, it is interesting to see 
how quickly some of these relationships have kind of soured in, in what is really the very early part of the season. Right. The other big upset that I saw too was uh, Jacksonville um, over yeah. the Chargers. Now, of course, the Chargers have been dealing with, you know, Justin Herbert's injury and mm-hmm. what is happening with his ribs and how that's affecting um, potentially his effectiveness. Um, but at the same token, I didn't necessarily think Jacksonville was going to be the team that no. was going to take advantage of that. And they really did. They've come out. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks like he's potentially showing some of the promise. Right. Um, that he just he needed had. the right coach. Yeah. And and he's he seems to be flourishing under um, Peterson's tutelage. Um, and they're also trying to get their running game going. So another good matchup. You know, so those are some of the key headlines that are happening. I think that we're going to have to keep looking in and watching some of those different things. And, and I, I really think the big thing to take away is it's almost like the season's just starting again. Um, you know, it's almost like we had three weeks of preseason. Everybody's kind of in the same, same boat, so to same speak. Groove, yeah. And now it's time to start picking up. Um, so we're going to take a little bit of a break here. When we come back, we're going to spend a lot more time here. We're going to focus in on this upcoming game that we have this week. We've got to get go down and travel to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. So we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening in that matchup, what things we want to be looking for, and some of our keys to the, to the game. Um, but before we do that, we want to make sure that we take some time here and just acknowledge our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Mark from the Cardiology Podcast, and I have an important question for you. Does your garage make you happy? If your life is anything like mine, the space in your garage just goes to waste because of overwhelming and embarrassing clutter. I mean, with all the tools, the toys, the bikes, the equipment, and whenever you open that garage door, that mess just hits you right in the gut. But it doesn't have to be that way. The team at CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More wants to help you take advantage of every inch of space your garage has to offer with their full turnkey design and installation services for garage cabinets, flooring, and other storage solutions. But don't be confused. The solutions they provide are not the cookie cutter racks and plastic bins you find at all the big box stores. From showroom quality garage flooring to durable powder-coated wood garage cabinets, CB's Custom Garage Interiors and More has everything you need to turn your garage into the organized space of your dreams and have every one of your neighbors green with envy. So if you're tired of the mess and ready to bring the garage of your dreams into your everyday reality, you owe it to yourself and your family to check out all of the fantastic solutions CB's has to offer. You can contact Chris Burdett and his team today by heading to their website at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com or you can give them a call at 330-542-8416. On the site, you can request a free garage makeover guide packed with all kinds of great ideas and solutions that'll spark your imagination and help you visualize all of the potential your garage has to offer. It's time to feel the joy of a garage that meets all of your functional needs and looks fantastic too. Please let Chris help you make your dreams a reality today. Call him at 
888-888-8416 or check him out online at www.cbscustomgarageinteriors.com and let Chris help you love your garage again. Welcome back to Cardiology. Well, we finished out the first part of our episode talking about uh, the Pittsburgh win and some of the highlights of the NFL's week three. And now it's time to focus in on this next matchup that we have against the Falcons coming this Sunday. So one of the big things, I think, you know, the Falcons, I don't think they look a whole lot different than the Browns. Um, And I think that's something that we're going to have to be careful about. They're, They're one and two. Coming off that, they have a the number nine offense, um, which is right around where we are. And mm-hmm. then they also have an underperforming defense. Um, and they are very similar in the way that they have uh, played against the run to kind of how the Jets were when we faced the Jets. So a couple of different things to look at. You know, as you're looking at this matchup, Sean, what are some of the keys that you see or some of the areas that you really <laughs> want to be um, focused in on or paying attention to? Well, you know, Mark, I'm telling you that in 2010, the Black Keys put out an album called Brothers, and there's a track on it that sums up what the defense needs to do, and that's called Tighten Up. For the last three games, the defense has been on the field for an average of about 24 minutes a game. And on top of that, they're always subbing guys to keep everyone fresh, so there is no reason they should be giving up any big plays at the end of the game. Um, So I just... Everybody on the defense has to tighten up just a little bit more. You know, Marcus Mariota, he was his typical self. He threw for 229 yards. He had one touchdown. He had an interception. The guy we got to keep an eye on is Corderell Patterson. He ran for 140 yards on 17 carries last week against the Seahawks. Another supposedly great defense, and he gashed them. So we have to stop the run. And we just have to tighten everything up, make sure there's no miscommunication because they're going to take advantage of it. So, you know, if we're if we're down Miles and we're down Jadavian, we're down Anthony Walker. Um, so this is the true test of next man up. So everybody's got to step up, like you were saying before. Um, so that's my key right there is just the defense needs to tighten up. Right. And you're and you're absolutely right when we talk about things like, you know, when we want to stop the run. You know, that's, that's Clowney's wheelhouse. And so can we get him back out on the field? Can he be there to help shore that up? The defensive line um, has been passable. Um, we haven't gotten the pressure we wanted, but we have been good against the run going up um, through here. We, we were able to stop Christian McCaffrey. We were able mm-hmm. to do a really good job against Najee Harris. Um, so the question is going to be, Corderell Patterson's a completely different type of runner. Um, so how we approach him and how we stop that, I, th- I think you're right. That's going to be big. And, um, we'll have to see if our linebacking core, which is kind of beat up, um, yeah. if they can rise to that challenge and really make the, make those plays. Um, for me, I think the key to the game it is part of the offense yeah. and it's really that idea of using the kiss principle you know, keep it simple, stupid. Right. Um, we have seen in these last three weeks, uh, a focus on the running game, um, using those linemen, using this zone blocking scheme and really letting Nick Chubb take care of us. 
mm-hmm. and then move us through, which has allowed uh, Jacoby Brissett to have the comfort to m- move and grow in this offense too. And I think it's really important that we continue to focus on our strengths on offense and not start to get cute and not right. try to do too much right. um, in this particular game. I'd really like to see um, if we can have two games in a row of a really good focus with Njoku. Yeah. Um, I think that he just causes such matchup problems um, when he's out there because there are lots of really effective tight ends in mm-hmm. the NFL. Um, but, you know, there's only a few that are quite the physical presence yeah. that uh, David Njoku is. So the more that he gets these receptions, the more opportunities he gets, I think are key to him maturing into the role, into the contract we gave him and really becoming that key piece of the offense. You know, and I hope too, you know, we've seen Kareem Hunt spell um, Mm -hmm. Nick a couple different times. I don't know that we saw as much in the Pittsburgh game other than just um, some spot duty, which he was still extremely effective in. I don't know that this isn't a week where you maybe see a little bit more him busting through as well Um, again the Atlanta defenses is ranked right around the same area as the New York Jets were in terms of defending the run Um, so you know we did see a lot of effective runs out of Kareem Hunt during that game Mm -hmm. so hopefully he helps add on to that battery as the offense goes through and then you know kind of to talk to part of what you were saying about the defense I think it's we, we need to continue to improve these communication issues. No, oh, yeah. Um, now we didn't see the big play gashes against Pittsburgh, but what we did see were some silly penalties that no. are based in communication. Too many men on the field. I mean, the, three times, are, three times. Yeah. <laughs> these are basics. Three times we saw that. And that again, goes back to this idea of both communication and coaching. Um, you know, last week, Chris and I really harped on the idea that what was happening with our coaches, why weren't they involved, who, what's, what's going on? I think we saw some improvement. Hopefully mm-hmm. that continues. They've had a long week now from the Thursday night game. So hopefully got a little bit extra time, at least in the film room and more right. of these conversations and trying to tighten some of this information up. But I really do think this continues to be an area where the Browns just need to step forward. The, the defense it's supposed to be our calling card. And if mm-hmm. it's going to be our calling card, we got to step up. And, and yes, we're, we're dealing with some um, tough issues here with some injuries and some different things. But I think, like you said, it needs to be a next man up mentality going forward. And that's what they are. That's what they're always saying. So yeah, we need to see it. You know, I think that um, one of the things you brought up to me and, you know, I think fits well here is, is the idea of some of the different injuries that we're playing around. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so obviously we talked about the, the information with Miles Garrett, who mm-hmm. um, as we're recording this here on a um, Tuesday night, the word hasn't come down whether Miles is going to play or not. Yeah. He's still um, questionable, which if yeah. he plays, that's just, he is Superman. Yeah. And, and I think, I think it's more fair, at least in my opinion, that we're probably just not going to announce it till the very end, but I, I'd be shocked in play because I just think it's too early in the season. Right. I mean, we we have too much to lose to risk him now. Right. Um, so heal up. I don't know what these injuries are like, 
but we've seen other defensive linemen who get bicep injuries and it derails their whole season. So take the time, get healed up. I'm not going to say that the game's not important, but the reality is that we need him more for the rest of the season than we need him in Atlanta. Yeah, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Now, one of the other big injuries, though, that we're dealing with, and I think is a kind of a heartbreaker for all of us, is the loss of Anthony Walker. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I mean, that is a guy who he has shown every time he gets on the field, he has shown the level of leader that that he is and how he helps balance out that defense. But unfortunately, his time with us here in Cleveland has just been marred yeah. by these injuries um, and these issues. And, and now to have um, this major issue um, yeah. that he needs to take care of. And not only that, like you were saying, the linebacker core is totally banged up. Jeremiah Wosu koromoa we don't know what's happening with him. He's got a groin injury. He was supposed to have an MRI to take a look at it to see how deep the injury goes. Um, but those soft tissue injuries, you cannot rush those back. It's just like with Winovich being on IR because of a hamstring injury, you can't, you know, you got to take it easy with those things. You come back too soon and you're, like you said, derailed for the rest of the season. Yeah, and and our depth at linebacker, I mean, we've got – multiple guys who've been with us in whether it's through practice squads or other um, spot duty mm-hmm. that we've been waiting to see something out of like, this is, this is Jacob Phillips um, opportunity to and start to shine. Up. And yeah, I mean, he did come in, in the Pittsburgh game at the end, he tallied our only sack. Um, so can he build off of that? Can he play within himself and provide kind of that stopping power that we really need, that we said, you know, we needed going up against uh, Patterson. It's, it's going to be a challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a big challenge. Now behind him, you know, you got Tony Fields Mm -hmm. um, who hasn't really um, been able to show us consistency, um, but he's going to have to, he's going to have to be part of this rotation and, and be giving us solid minutes going forward. Um, so looking at that, looking at those linebackers, that's, that's a big deal that we're going to have to continue to watch. So as we start to get these guys back on the offensive line and we start to have a healthy offense, now that we're looking into some banged up defenders, right? The coin flips, but there is good news. You know, Ronnie Harrison went out right before the Pittsburgh game with a hamstring injury. He was back on the practice field today. So that's a good sign for working on uh, working on Sunday in Atlanta. Yeah, and I think I, I, I think any of those guys on the back end, I mean, you're going to need them, right? Because oh, yeah. as much as Patterson is probably the biggest thing that you have to target, you have to be watching out um, for Drake London. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the rookie, they're using him a lot. Um, yeah. He's getting a lot of opportunities. Um, we don't want those opportunities to come against us. And like we mentioned in our earlier segment, there's also Kyle Pitts, who's just hanging out there. He's lurking. Right. And, and the best I can say is they're waiting in Atlanta for him to arrive the same way we, we've been waiting for Njoku to arrive. And he's, he's supposed to be the breakout star of 2022. Um, we just need to make sure that it's not against us. Right. So having Ronnie Harrison, having Grant Delpit, 
you know, we got to get on the right page, John Johnson, make sure that we're stepping up and supporting those linebackers and making sure we've got that taken care of in the back end. Absolutely. So um, any other big keys that you're looking at or anything that you're focused on? Um, you know what, in looking, you know, talking about injuries and keeping everybody healthy, you know, looking down the road at the next couple of games, um, you know, the Chargers are beat up. You were talking about Justin Herbert. Uh, Keenan Allen is still having problems. Joey Bosa is doubtful with a groin injury. He's going to be week to week probably. Uh, and then the week after that, the Patriots come to town. And Mac Jones with that severe high ankle sprain, they're looking at four to six weeks for him. So we might be seeing, you know, hometown hero Brian Hoyer. <laughs> under center for the Patriots, um, who, in my opinion, never got a fair shake in Cleveland, but that's another topic. <laughs> that's another episode. Sure. <laughs> I think we, I think that was a, a little bit of a learning experience for all of us. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the good thing for the Patriots is that, you know, they don't lose, what they lose in maybe some arm strength, um, and some mobility in Mac Jones, um, they gain an experience with Brian Hoyer. Brian oh, Hoyer yeah. um, has spent more time with the Patriots than he ever spent with us. Right. Um, and so he's very familiar with the systems that they run, even though they don't have Josh McDaniels there anymore as their offensive coordinator, they're still working the same systems, the same functions. So um they gain a little bit of an experience coming in and a little mm -hmm. bit of tenacity from a veteran. Um, you mentioned the chargers. The interesting thing is going to be how healthy they are going into the game against us, because those are opportunities, right? Oh, so yeah. um, this is supposed to be a tougher stretch of games. Um, we've gotten the first three under our belt two and one. Now as we're looking at that, at that next three, what are we going to have coming out of there? Cause if we can, um, and those next three with a similar record or better, um, mm -hmm. we are looking very, very good heading into just kind of the meat of our season. So yeah, yeah I, I think you're absolutely right. We got to keep, we got to get ourselves healthy and we also need to be watching um, some of the health issues that are happening across the NFL. At this point, I'm going to make sure to reach out here. We actually have our resident pick master, um, Gary Marr, who is once again calling in to give us his picks of the week. So we're going to go through that together. Gary, how are you, man? You ready to go through these picks together? I'm not sure, Mark. These are a, it's a tough week this week, but we'll see how we do. All right. Well, let's get right into it. What do you got for me for our first game? Uh, first game's Thursday night game here. We got the Dolphins versus the Bengals. And the Dolphins undefeated yet they're still getting four points uh so that's kind of surprising as far as the line goes uh you know miami i, I think your questions your quick questions there but are to is you know can he uh is he really hurt not really sure uh you know went off the field last week it says he's fine but uh but not sure and then the Bengals, you know how they really figured it out uh they they looked a lot better last week they're going up against the miami defense has given up the second most passing yard so uh, with that, I, th I think it's a tough game, a tough call, especially with those four points. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna buck the points. I'm going with the Bengals. Okay, so you're gonna go ahead and and ride Cincinnati on there. Um, you know what? I 
this is a really tough game. And, and I agree with you. I think that um, Cincinnati looked a lot better. Um, but, you know, Miami's comeback was uh, really surprising to me. I really didn't expect them to even hang with Buffalo quite the way they did. So um, I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to, um, I'm going to take the, the, take those points. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and take Miami in this game. I don't blame you. And the, uh, the coin agrees with you. It's going with Miami and the points as well. The coin, once again, not loving your picks, man. This no. is, this is getting to be a, a theme. <laughs> All right. Well, how, how about game number two? Game number two is going to be uh, Buffalo versus the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are getting three points in this one. Uh, this one's an interesting one as well. You got Lamar Jackson, who's who's hot as as any quarterback. I think he's got a top QB rating right now, uh, but certainly their defense is not. They've given up the most passing yards in the NFL at the moment, and they're going up against the the Bills with Allen, who's got who's got the most passing yards right now in the NFL. So it's it's going to be a, probably a high scoring game, no matter any way you look at it here. Uh, so with that, I'm going to go with with Buffalo. So I'm going to take Buffalo minus the three points, going against the odds again. All right. Well, I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. I'm going to also go with Buffalo. I I think you hit it right on the head. I think the you're getting the arm of Josh Allen in against the weakness of Baltimore. Um, it's hard to argue with how uh, amazing Lamar Jackson has played to start this, but he's carrying that team and the Buffalo defense is a little bit different than some of the defenses that Baltimore has gone up against. So it'll be interesting to see if they have a solution to keep Lamar in check. But uh, I, right now I'm going to bet on Josh Allen's arm in that passing game as well. Yeah, it's just hard to believe that Jackson's going to stay as hot as he is uh, continuously. So uh, the coin agrees with us. It's going with Buffalo as well. All right. Okay. So Straight coin across. And I agree on a pick. Wow. Okay. <laughs> now we're really in trouble. <laughs> pick number three. What do we got? Okay. Pick number three. We got the New York Jets versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this one, you got the Jets. I got Zach Wilson's going to be making his first start this season for him. And then uh, going against Mitch Trubisky there on Pittsburgh, who's you know still struggling. So, you know, so look at that. Pittsburgh's minus three and a half. So they're they're favored in this game by three and a half points. Um, and that, to me, is going to be the deciding factor. I just think the uh, the Jets uh, got a good enough defense uh, to go against Trubinsky. And so I'm going to take them into three and a half points this one. Wow. You know, yeah, this is a really, really interesting one. So they've obviously given a lot of weight to the change from Zach Wilson um, get bringing him in over Joe Flacco. And we've watched Joe Flacco kind of move the ball around, throw around, and at least keep the Jets in some games. So it would seem that the odds makers are not in love with the switch back to Zach Wilson right at this point, because I would agree with you. I don't know that the Pittsburgh Steelers have really shown much one way or the other. I think they're still trying to gel, still trying to come together. Wow. My gut tells me, though, that I'm going to go with the experience of Pittsburgh against the Jets. So I am going to take Pittsburgh. I'm going to give up that three and a half. I think this is going to be a tough debut for Zach Wilson, although I, I, I don't know that it's going to stay that way very long. I think he's going to bounce back pretty quick. Gotcha. Yeah, I can't say I disagree. I think Pittsburgh might win. I just think it might only be by a field goal. So that's why I'm going with the points and the Jets. And the coin's going to agree with me on this one again. So the coin's going with the Jets as well. All right. 
Well, that brings us around to our fourth game for this week. So what do you have in that one? And we get this mighty matchup of the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. So this is a Sunday night game. Buccaneers are getting two points in this one. They also are getting back Mike Evans. Uh, so they struggled a little bit without him last week. And you know, the Chiefs just got, got Patrick Mahomes there. Had a little disagreement with the offensive coordinator last week. But I actually think that's going to work in their favor. I think usually when you see something like that, they come out fired up and they play pretty well. So I'm going to take the, uh, the Chiefs minus the two points in this. Well, I'm going to be boring on this one as well. I'm going to take KC as well. I think they've got a very sour taste in their mouth from the way that that Indianapolis game ended. Um, I don't think they had any expectations that they were going to walk away with a loss on that one. And I think that's going to stick with them a little bit. And I think they're going to be coming out firing. And I'm just not, I'm not confident in what Tampa Bay has shown. They've been very middle of the road. I think we all expected a little bit more. So we'll have to see. It could just be them working through all these injuries that they've had on the offensive line and trying to put these pieces together. I think the most impressive thing that I've seen out of them is the continued uh, running and also pass catching of Leonard Fournette. I, he's been quite the animal coming out of the backfield for them. So um, you'd make a good point that, that Mike Evans is coming back um, and hopefully that will expand their passing game. But I just feel like Casey's uh, got a chip on their shoulder coming into this game. So I'm going to follow along with you. I'm going to take KC in this one. Yeah, and the coin's going to do it as well. It's kind of going down with the home team and on all these games. So or actually, no, the visiting team, it looks like. So all now, right. the next team is the Monday night game. We got the oh, Rams yeah? versus yep. the 49ers. And the 49ers are minus two and a half points in this one, which is which is interesting to me as well. So that they they're coming in favored uh versus the Rams. They're minus their left tackle, Trent Williams, there. Uh, is uh, Jimmy G's uh, second game back, so I actually think he'll be in a little more of a groove, but he's going to be hurting without his, his starting left left tackle. Uh, but you know the Rams have struggled, uh, which which is surprising as well. So looking at this and the two and a half points, um, I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to actually uh, you know take the two and a half points and the Rams, and think that that Trent Williams is going to be a bit of an issue for for the 49ers. You know what? Here we are again. I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take the Rams as well. I feel like it's time. I think it's time for the Rams to show up. I think we've, we've kind of gone through. I think we've seen a lot of teams who did a lot of the resting of their starters, slow starts to the year, getting their chemistry together. I'm looking for the Rams to kind of tie it together a little bit like we've seen the Browns kind of tie it together a little bit as, as we've gone through. So I'm looking for that. I don't know after, you know, that game, with San Francisco and Denver, that just was quite the uh, snooze fest. I'm just not sure that I am confident yet in Jimmy G's ability to get that offense jump started. And like you said, with moving losing that left tackle, um, really is going to be a problem. So I I agree with you. I I just think the the points and I'm, I'm looking for the Rams to show up, so I'm going to go Rams. All right. Well, that leads us to the game of the week. That's the uh, Browns versus the Falcons. So that, well, you forgot their coin. What did our coin say on that one? Oh, sorry about that. It, well, it's a, it's a boring week as far as the coin goes. It's going with the Rams as well. Jeez. All right. Coin must be scared of us. Doesn't want us to make up any ground. That's what it is. I, I'll tell you what, the, the weird fact in this game, not to give away the next pick for the coin, but um, – 
you know, for every coin flip this week, the coin came up the same. I don't know what the odds are, you know, for that many coin flips, six coin flips in a row to <laughs> come up the same, but it came up the same every every flip. Well, you got to stop using that double-headed coin. <laughs> Man, that might be the trick. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you're, you, you started to get into it. Our big game of the week. Yeah, Browns versus Falcons. And this one's a... Uh, Talking about a coin flip, the Browns are minus one and a half points, so it's pretty much uh, even money as far as this game goes. Really, not a not a big point spread in this game. Um, so, it, 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 you know, with the Browns, you've got you know got to keep that running game going. But I think that running game's a beast. I think the Falcons are going to struggle against that. The Falcons did get their offense clicking last week. They looked they looked pretty good offensively. And I think, you know, Browns, we got some question marks, right? Defensive line for sure coming into this game, at least to see uh, see what kind of pressure we're going to be able to apply. Um, all told, though, still with all of that, I'm going to go with the Browns. I just think our offense is going to be a little too strong for the Falcons to, to contain, especially that running game. And I don't think, you know, one and a half points, uh, you know, isn't anything to give up. So, yep. And I'm going to follow suit again. I'm going to go with Cleveland as well. Um, far be it for me to pick against them when we're on a roll, but also too, I think that our running game, I like how it's going. I like how our position passing game is going. Um, and as much as I was not happy with some of the penalties that were happening with the defense, I think we did see a lack of explosive plays being, um, given up during the Pittsburgh game. So, um, I've liked how we've stopped the run in both Najee Harris and then earlier in the year with Christian McCaffrey. So I think how we stop Patterson is really going to be big um, because he, he is running the ball and going crazy down there in Atlanta. So um, how that goes, he's a different kind of runner than we've been facing. So uh, see how that happens, but I kind of agree with you. I, I don't think one and a half points is something that I'm afraid of. So I'm going to actually give those up and, and look for, uh, another uh, Browns win out of this one. And no surprise here, the coin agrees with us. It's going to the Browns. So kind of the opposite of last week with the coin disagreed with me on, on every pick. It didn't quite agree with me on all of the picks, but almost all of them. So uh, we'll see how that works out. It works out any better. <laughs> yeah, it looks like we have a chance for all of us to go down in flames or all of us to be uh, uh, sipping some good stuff at the end of this week. So um, thanks again for coming and joining us on the picks. Um, I think we've been doing pretty well. Had an update on the scoreboard. Um, so uh, you lost a little ground last week. So we've got Gary coming in at seven and ten. We've got the coin coming in at seven and ten. So we got a tie up there. And then I actually made a little bit of a rally, and I'm coming back into the picture at five and twelve. So I had a little bit more of a respectable week than I've had in the past. So hopefully. I can keep that streak running for me. Yeah, we gotta gotta see if we can do better than just lady luck at the end of this. And uh would love to do better than 500. So uh hopefully, hopefully the odds start doing a little better for us. Hey, I warned I warned everybody after our segment last week. If you are not taking this segment as entertainment and you're actually putting money on anything that I pick, um, please be advised. I don't even put money on anything that I pick. So don't do that to yourself. You know, find it, find another source. We're doing this for fun um, yeah. and, and some bragging rights, but uh, yeah, it, it has been an interesting start to the season. A lot of, a lot of big upsets, a lot of big changes. 
and everybody beating the spread in these wins and losses, which has really um, been something else too. So, well, Gary, thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to talking to you again next week. You know, we're getting ever so close to you actually being able to come in and hang out with us and we'll talk some more football and not just picks. Um, But as always, we appreciate the time and you, and you coming in and sharing some insights with us. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Go Browns. Go Browns. Well, there we go. There's the picks now in for week four. And I hope I can continue to build off this momentum. I finally had a respectable week last week. So um, hopefully I I can do a little bit better picking against the spread. This is going to lead us in to kind of our last topic here of the day. We want to make sure that we talk about this game and get our predictions on this game. Um, So you heard a little bit about how I'm picking the game in the last segment, but I'll give you my prediction here in just a minute. But I'm going to start with you, Sean. What do you see coming out of the the Cleveland-Atlanta game? Oh, everybody's been listening to me talk, so (laughs) you go ahead and you, you take some time. You know what? Honestly, this is going to come down to ball control and letting Jacoby Brissett do what he does and manage the game and, like you said, set the table for Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt. But, you know, it's going to be ball control. We're going to have to hold on to that ball. We had it for, you know, 36 minutes last game. We're going to have to do that again this time around because the defense is going to need to rest. They're going to have to stay fresh so they can stop the run. I'm going to say... Browns 35 and Falcons 24. Okay. All right. So you definitely are going to go with the favorites, go with the Browns. Um, I'm going to follow suit as you heard in the last segment. So I am taking the Browns as well. Far be it for me to ruin a streak here. Um, (laughs) Now I, I am looking at this as a similar score that as to what you have, I've got, 27 to 20. Um, I think I'm optimistic about the offense and what they can bring. So I'm hoping to see 27 would be same score as, as last week, but I'm not giving that touchdown to the defense. I'm giving it to the offense. So I'm looking for the offense to put up similar numbers that we did against the jets. Hopefully we see some good things out of them. And I'm going to put my faith in the defense that there will be continued improvement. Maybe we can force uh, Marcus Mariota to be a little loose with the ball and hopefully get some good key turnovers. You called it out. I think the big thing is going to be Patterson. You know, can we stop Patterson the way we stopped McCaffrey? Right. Um, And I think the challenge is going to be that who is going to be a part of that battery that's going to be stopping him. Are we going to have to rely on Taki Taki and Fields and Phillips? Are we going to be able to get JOK back on the field? And obviously we don't have Anthony Walker to help us in there. So um, I'm looking at it that way. I'm hoping for a continued um, improvement in the communication and the defense. And I'm looking for continued improvement from Denzel Ward. Um, I think that we've talked a lot in the first two weeks about the blown coverages and the miscommunication was lack of playing time in preseason. Is that part of it? You know, he didn't have the best grade coming out of the Pittsburgh game, but I think it's important to note that he was spending most of his time covering Deontay Johnson, um, who is quite the handful. Yeah. Um, And he did not give up any touchdowns, did not give up any big plays. 
Um, so can he string together a couple of, of very good outings? Can we see uh, an, a continued um, blossoming of the Denzel Ward we know and love? Right. Um, that's, that's what I'm hoping for there too. So I'm going to go 27, 20, um, in this game, um, and hope for yet another win in this, um, early part of the season from your lips to God's ears, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've, I, I think it, you know what, it's just been really neat. I don't, I don't know about you, but you know, I think it's just been really neat to start <laughs> a season competitive. Oh yeah. Um, there is nothing everybody probably we've we've probably poo-pooed it over the last couple of years but to actually be able to start a season one and oh mm-hmm. and win your season opener mm-hmm. and have a little positive momentum yeah. um is is a big thing um you know i i'm i'm looking for the browns to tap in to this cleveland energy that's happening right now you know oh, we, yeah. we are a browns podcast but i would be remiss if i didn't call out that our Cleveland Guardians have clinched as the American League Central Champs, which is just an awesome thing. A very young team got everybody really excited building off of that. Of course, we're getting ready for the beginning of the Cavaliers season. Everybody's talking about Donovan Mitchell joining the Cavs. Going to be a lot of excitement happening amongst all the teams. And I'm just looking for the Browns to continue this momentum, continue to be plugged into that energy. Um, Because, hey, Mondays are always better after a win. They just are. I'm going to ask you something. They were talking about this on the radio this morning. Sure. Um, I'm going to ask you, would you rather have a World Series championship, an NBA championship, or a Super Bowl? Well, this is an easy one for me because football is I, – I live for football. Yeah. So these I figured, the but I wanted, I wanted to check just in these case. These are the weeks. So so <laughs> to me, a Browns Super Bowl would be just the ultimate party, uh, yeah. the ultimate feel-good. So many years that we've all suffered back and forth. Like we talked about in our very first launches, you know, I, I call this podcast cardiology from my youth, the cardiac kids that I watched. And, you know, to watch the cardiac kids, you also had to watch heartbreak. Right. So there were it, there were times, you know, I was just telling my wife the other day that I remember the practical Hail Mary uh, one season to Ahmad Rashad of the Minnesota Vikings over the Browns. I remember yeah. that. I remember, you know, obviously red, right, 88, some, some of those different things, the fumble, the, you know, the drive, drive all yes. these things. So I just feel like a Brown Super Bowl would be something that this city, um, this fan base has been waiting so long for. Now, the Guardians, on the other hand, have been quietly one of the more successful baseball teams um, in the last decade. And I yeah. think that maybe in Cleveland, we don't really understand that. We don't grasp that because we're not seeing the titles. Um, but this is a team that's not very far removed from their own World Series run um, against the Cubs. Right. Um, so I think that there is a large population in Cleveland that would say the World Series because they have been long-suffering fans as well. Mm-hmm. And then I just think that with the Cavs, sure, give me another one. Uh, yeah. I'm all for it. But to be honest, 
I still, I'm still living off of 2016. So you can, <laughs> you, you guys have some rope for a little while. Um, but uh, yeah, I, a really cool young roster. It'd be awesome to see them start to string some stuff together too. But um, for me, it's, it's gotta be football. What about yourself? It's, I would trade 10 World Series championships and 11,000 NBA championships for one Brown Super Bowl win. That's how much I love this team and love this sport. Yeah, I think just for us, it's a no-brainer. It's no I don't know, while on the radio, was it much different? Uh, no, it was a lot more Guardians World Series wanting one of those. I, you know, wow. It's been about the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess it's just... Uh, I'm not going to lie. The Guardians have always been hard for me to follow because of the way they're built and how it's always young talent. Mm -hmm. um, we're long past the John Hart years where guys were here, you know, the Kenny Loftons, the Carlos right. Baergas, guys that we knew, and they're rotating young guys through. And so mm -hmm. you haven't had a chance to really get to know them. So I'm not as emotionally invested. And I'm not going to lie. The fact that we are now on Bally Sports with all of the Guardians games and that they don't stream and in all the different streaming platforms has really killed the season. It, it's, it's been very difficult to watch the games. Yeah. So that's kind of affected some of that. But I do see, um, I actually, funny story, my, um, my late grandmother used to be a ginormous Cleveland baseball fan and she would keep score of the game, she had three subject notebooks and she would draw the lines in the notebooks Holy and she cow. would use foil stars of different colors for singles, doubles, triples, home runs. And she would keep scoring all the books. Wow. And that was back when all of the games used to be on 43. And they used to always be on every single game, no matter what market, no matter how bad we were, every game was on. And so she would watch the games afternoon, night, whenever they were on. Um, if she couldn't get a TV reception, she turned on the radio and she would score these games. And when she passed away, there was a big plastic bin of all of these three subject notebooks of all of these scored games wow. that she did. And so she was such a huge fan. And I remember when the, uh, excuse me, when the Cleveland actually started to get um, some traction in those um mid nineties. Yeah. And I would sit there and think, man, grandma would be loving this. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of fans who suffered through some really, really bad baseball and they're looking for this team to blow up. So hopefully that happens. I think, yeah. I think that that would, uh, Hey, why can't we have it all? Right. Give, give me all the titles. I'm all for it. Well, I want to Take a moment here. Just say thank you, Sean. Thanks for joining us. We're going to break this string. We're going to get right. a win. Right. We're going to not have to worry about the superstition not to be named. Right. And we will go ahead and we will move on from that. I think we're going to see another good Browns win. I just would call out to everybody who's listening out there. Let's bring the same energy wherever you're watching the game. You're watching your local bar. You're watching it in a nice basement pub like I might be doing, or you're just listening to it in your car. Let's bring that same energy to this Falcons matchup that we had for this Thursday night Pittsburgh game. Let's be rooting on our guys. They need it. We're facing some challenges right off the beginning of the year. So let's get in there. Let's do the best we can. Let's get another win 
for Cleveland and keep this momentum going. So for everybody who's out there, um, this is Mark Judy. Uh, for myself, for Sean Donovan, thank you for listening to the Cardiology Podcast. And as always, go Browns! Oh, 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 oh.